All right. Well, um, I'm here to share a bit about um, about stuff. Now, I'm not sure if you've noticed over these last few days, I've always been wearing blue. Now, some people might call this navy, but it just looks blue to me. But you know why? It's Presbyterian blue. <laughs> you know what it says about Presbyterians? We like tradition. Have you noticed at our church what colours the carpet? Blue, right? And we put in this new stage, brand new stage. We could have changed the colour, brightened up the church a bit. What what, what colour did we pick? Blue. You know, of course, it matches the decor, but it's Presbyterian blue. We like tradition. But anyway, at our church, we do have a tradition. We've set up some traditions. Now, I'd like to just remind us of the camps we have ran in the past. So uh, they used to do a church camp for a, a while ago, but it hasn't been happening for a while. And then we've resurrected four years ago. So this is the fifth year running our church camp. Here's a photo of the first one that was... 2013 and that was at Forest Edge and it was a wonderful time we our, our first camp we had about 70 people a bit over 70 and we can see that okay so that was 2013 2014 also Forest Edge and the Campbells were with us uh, the, at, at that camp so that's 2014 and we had a bit more there and then 2015 Upper Plenty Remember that one? There was the drone that took the photo. <laughs> and then 2016, that's last year, up also at Forest Edge. And then this year, look at that. It's wonderful to see, isn't it? Now we have, uh, we set up a tradition. We started a tradition, in fact, we stopped doing it. But in, during our first few camps, out of love, what we would do, was we will throw the speaker into the river. And so if you re remember this. I don't know if we believe in second baptism, but anyway. And then we had this one year with, this, with Pete Sorensen in the dam. Um, so we do that out of love for the speaker. But it won't happen this year because we stopped that tradition when our speakers were above 40 years old. So... So we love them in different ways, in humane ways. <laughs> but there is another tradition that we have kept, and Anna has already announced, and that is really a time for us as the church family to reflect, a bit like a State of a Union address. So, so I'll say a few things. Chris will end uh, our session today. But it's a time for us to reflect on the year that has passed, but also just to cast our eyes forward and to be spurred, to be encouraged, to be challenged as we try to live for God together. So let's spend some time reflecting. All right, so what has happened in this last year? Well, there are so many things to praise God for, aren't there? So, so many things to praise God for. But as we reflect on this past year, I don't want to reflect on the programs or the stuff we are doing. We're not on about programs. I want us to reflect on the people, the people God has given to each one of us to love, to care, to be supported, to be loved by, and there has been wonderful growth in just this last year. Now, just to get an idea of the growth we, we have had, how many of you only started coming to our church in the last three months? Yep, there's a few of us already. Last six months? There's a few. Last year? Yeah, quite a few, isn't it? So that's, that's wonderful growth. Wonderful. You see, more people means more people together doing the work of God doing the work of the kingdom, doing the work of the gospel, more evangelism, more discipleship, more mentoring, 
more loving, more caring, more sharing, more serving. But just as important, if not more important than the numbers, is the spiritual growth we got to see and to witness and see the fruits of in this past year as we strive to live as spirit-filled people, spirit-filled disciples of Jesus. And so I want us to reflect on that a bit. Do you think that has happened last year, that we have, as the family of God, collectively grown spiritually, grown in our fervent love of God, in our zeal for God, in our Christ-likeness? What do you think? Collectively as a church body, as a church family. Well, let me share with you some of my reflections. I've seen in this past year how many are engaging so much more intentionally in evangelism. At uni, friends are meeting up with friends to share about Christ, not being afraid to do stranger walk-up evangelism, hearing more of those stories. Wonderful. We're hearing people being more intentional about bringing people along to church, non-Christians. That is wonderful. People come along to our Christianity Explore course. It's wonderful. These are wonderful things that we're seeing. What I've also seen in this past year is the, the de- desire and the keenness of so many more just to be involved, to get our hands dirty, to serve. And in fact, as I reflected on this past year, there are more people serving in our church community, not just in the church, but outside the church. More people doing work, more people doing the kingdom of God stuff. That's excellent. That's wonderful and much to thank God for. I mean, just think about the, the stories we've heard this weekend. You've got Yuvarash as a doctor, but yet invested in kingdom work, even in what he's doing. We've heard about Eric and Dawn meeting out to, to, to disciple, to care, to like iron sharpening iron. We've heard of uh, Rob, and uh, he, he's a young father with little kids and twins to come, but yet he's going to invest his time as the national director of OAC. I mean, how wonderful is that? That is really wonderful stuff. We've heard of the Campbells in Turkey. We've heard of the Danessas in Nepal. And so reflecting on this past year, so many things to praise God for. Right, we must be joining in, thanking God, praising Him for all those things. Is that right? Of course. We praise God. We must praise God. But we also, Chris, the elders, ourselves, we thank you, the church family, our, our dear Dearly loved brothers and sisters in Christ, we thank you from the, I don't know, the bottom of the heart, wherever that is, it's pumping blood or something, but we thank you for how you pray, how you serve, how you love God, how you serve so faithfully and so humbly. It's a joy just to see even this camp come, come to how it is now. So many hands at work, behind the scenes, loving, caring, serving. So that, that really makes ministry, for those of us who are doing this full time, just a wonderful joy. Just a joy to sit back and to see the people of God loving and caring and serving in so many ways. So that's the year that passed. But now let's think about this next year. The year ahead. Now the elders, the session they'll be meeting this Tuesday, they'll be planning and praying and thinking about where where do we want this church to go under God? Where do we want to see the vision of this church and how under God we might see more gospel growth. That is what we want, more gospel growth. I mean, just think about our church. Where are we? We're in Surrey Hills. Now, not everyone lives in Surrey Hills. Uh, I said this yesterday. Do you know what the population of Surrey Hills is? Any, any ideas? Not those who were at my workshop yesterday. It's about 13,000, a bit more than 13,000. Do you know how many people walk through our doors each week? 
both services. Any guesses? Not those who came yesterday. A few. Up to 300. Close to 300. Now let's do some maths. What's the percentage? About 300 out of 3, uh, 13,000. 2.6, that's very close. 2.3. 2.3. You know how I did that? Chinese. <laughs> I used the calculator. That's what we do. But you see, there's so much more growth. There's so much more work to be done. 2.3%. And that, that's hardly scratching the surface. But what will also be happening this next year as we look ahead is a new big step for our church, a, a fantastic step, a, an extremely exciting step. And that is we'll be having our own theologically trained women's worker. You've heard this announced in church already. That's exciting. That's a big, big step for us as a church where we can invest in, in the lives of women through a theologically trained women's worker. And so you've heard of Michelle. She'll be coming down next year. She's still in her final year at uh, Moore College. And so she'll be joining the team working alongside Chris and the elders and myself to love and to serve and to train and to equip the women of our church. It's wonderful. We should be so excited about that. Now, this past week, I got in touch with Michelle just to see how she's going. But just for us to get to know her a bit more, um, I've got a little video. So when that's ready. Thanks for joining me today at Moore College in Sydney. It's where I've been sex Michelle. Hi everyone, my name's Michelle and I'm delighted to say that I'll be joining you at Surrey Hills Presbyterian at the start of 2018. I'm so excited to be serving alongside you all as the church's women's worker. Thanks for joining me here at Moore College in Sydney. It's where I've been studying for the past four years in preparation to move to beautiful Melbourne and to be serving our great God and his beloved people. Well, I'm in my last year of theological college uh, and for the past four years I've been able to dive into so much. New Testament, Old Testament, church history, doctrine, practical ministry skills and so much more. This year I've really loved getting into the subject of Christology and how we come to understand uh, Jesus to be the Christ the Son of God, Lord, and Divine. And this semester, well, hermeneutics, it's a tricky one. It's come as a surprising challenge uh, as we come and recognize and question the presuppositions uh, when we come to Scripture. I can't say just yet whether I enjoy it or not, but I know one thing, and that's I will enjoy not having to lug this thing around anymore. Look at that, this. <laughs> Well, ever since I was a young girl, I believed that the God of the Bible was real and true. But that didn't mean that I actually uh, acknowledged him or that I followed his son. In fact, all throughout my youth, I struggled with, firstly, trying to always please God with the way that I lived. And secondly, the guilt from failing to do so. And so what I did was I, I blocked my ears and I closed my eyes toward him, thinking that in ignoring God, I could find peace. From my guilt. And it wasn't until several years later when I understood the gospel uh, did I actually find the remedy to my sin and my guilt. In Jesus dying and rising for me, I found him who is my perfect righteousness 
and my way to have a relationship with my heavenly creator. And it's in my experience of a loving God who has saved me through Christ Jesus that I wanted to serve in ministry. I wanted to tell people of the God who is dedicated to our good even more than we are for ourselves. And he shows us that in the giving up of his own son. I was born and raised in Sydney, and it's been my home for the past 29 years. And although I'm sad to be leaving behind my parents and my sister, I'm so looking forward to moving to beautiful Melbourne. Not only am I looking forward to living in the world's number one most livable city seven times in a row, good on you by the way, uh, I'm also really looking forward to being amongst the great cafes and live music, but especially finally being uh, with my new church family and serving alongside you all to make Christ known. Oh, and I can't wait to get it done. <laughs> Please pray for me in my last few months of college. Pray that I will continue to learn and to grow and to better serve Christ. And please pray as well that I will prepare well for life and ministry in Melbourne. See you all very soon. All right, that's exciting, isn't it? For her to join the work here in Surrey Hills and to be amongst us. So when she uh, when she arrives early next year, uh, do remember to make her feel welcome, to love her, to care for her. But that's her joining our our church, our church family. But what about the rest of us? What about the rest of us? Now, do you remember the challenges we gave you last year? There were in fact four. Anyone remember that from those who came along to camp? Shouldn't be that hard. The first one. What was that? After service, each service, first five minutes, what do we do? Talk to someone new. Go to someone who you do not know. Spend some time with them, investing in them. Avoid your friends like a plague. Okay, five minutes, someone else first. What was the second one? Yep, one deep and meaningful conversation each week that goes below the surface. Asking questions, so what do you find helpful from the sermon? How can I pray for you this week? How are you going as a Christian? There was a second one. And what was the third one? What was that? Yep, hospitality was another one. Uh, I'll put that forth uh, because I want it in order. What was, yes, okay, let's do that one. You confused me now. Okay, the fourth, third one. It was Chris encouraged us to invest in the lives of others by showing hospitality. And, and what was the other one? Yes, pray for someone. Pray that God might use us to save one soul. That God might use us in our feeble efforts to bring someone to faith. Now, if God has answered that prayer in the last year, praise God for that. In our sowing, in our warring, someone came to faith. Praise God for that. So those four things, how did we go there? Well, personally, I, I, I thought we did quite a good job, at least after the camp. <laughs> But it continued to change the culture of our church. And I hear from the recent vis visitors and newcomers to our church, they always feel welcomed and loved. So good on you. Good on you for doing that. Continue to do those four things. Okay, that's not to stop. But looking forward, I want us to reflect on this now. I want us to think about how much our hearts and our lives align with the Apostle Paul. So I want to share with you this passage from 2 Timothy. Paul said this, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, 
and the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Now when we read that as Christians, as disciples of Jesus, what are we to think? I mean, is that what my life is meant to be like? Or is that just reserved for the super apostle, for, for Paul? He's special, he's unique. Or am I also meant to live my life where I am pouring out my life as a drink offering in service of God? Am I also with all my might and strength and energy and effort to expend and exhaust my life in the course of the gospel? Is that for me too? Am I meant to also, as a disciple of Jesus, carry the cross daily and follow him? Am I also meant to seek his interests before my own? I mean, these are questions we have to ask ourselves. And so what do you think? Does our heart and life reflect that of the apostle? Well, we're all saved by the same Lord for the same Lord. We're all filled by the same spirit that filled the apostle Paul. You see, our heart and our life must be like the apostle. That might sound extreme, but that should be a reflection of what our life should be like. And so we don't want to live a life that is different that, to that, don't we? Do we? I mean, just think about how Paul ended that passage. We want us to be able to say that with our own lips and with our own hearts, that I have fought, fought the good fight. I've done it. I've finished the race and I've kept the faith. I mean, we all want to be able to say that as our own words whenever our life ends. Now, the reason why I'm getting us to reflect on this as we think about the year ahead, is that if that is meant to be what our life is meant to be like, if that is meant to be what our heart is meant to be like, then I can't be living for my career this next year. I mean, Jesus did not die for me so that I can go on living for my career. I can't be living for my comfort this year. Jesus didn't die for me so that I go on living for my comfort. I can't go on living for my pleasures this year. I mean, Jesus didn't die for me so that I can go on living for my pleasures. I mean, I can't go on living where I'm actually quite flippant about church attendance, about the gathering of the people of God. We meet weekly. I mean, Christ died for me, not so that I can fit the things of God around my social calendar. I mean, that's not the life we're caught to. I mean, the number of, number of us, there, there aren't too many, but there are a number of us who, who see the fellowship with God's people as optional we fit our social calendar uh, God around our social calendar we arrive at church during the, the second song or not at all because the footy's on I mean what does that say how does that align with the life and the heart of the apostle Paul I mean those of us who even see church as somewhere where I just consume where I can grow my head but my hands remain pristine they never get dirty. I mean, what does that say? How does that compare to the apostle in his life? How he poured out his life as a drink offering. Now in saying this, I'm including myself because I too must give account to God on how God uh, has equipped me and, and blessed me and, and uh, provided me and the opportunities given. I have to give account. So I'm including us all in this. And so in this coming year, let me encourage us all to consider this. Is this next year going to be about me? Or is this next year going to be about the Lord who went to the cross for me? 
And so this is for each of us to consider personally before the Lord. But let me give us all three challenges, and I'm challenging myself as well, to build on what we challenged you guys with last year. And our three, these are the three things. Firstly, it is time, finances, and people, lives. So the first challenge, I want to challenge all of us, and myself included, is how can I invest my time in this next year? I mean, we all have the same number of hours each week. How will I prioritize my time so that it can be seen that I am on about the Lord who died for me and not about me? What will I keep at the center and commit to because it is important? I mean, at least, at the very least, it should be church. It should be the gathering of the people of God. At the very least, it hopefully should be growth group as well or youth group. Now, how many hours would that be? It's actually only four hours. Do you know how many hours we get each week that God gives us? We get 168 hours. If we only commit to those two things, it's only going to be four hours. But maybe we can commit a bit more, six hours. Let's make it 10. 10 hours out of 168 the things we can be involved in, in the service and the love of God and his people. Hey, we heard from OAC, they need more evangelists. What should we do there? How can we be invested in that? Beach missions, children's, uh, teaching children, Sunday school, youth group, visiting retirement homes. We've got these ministries, we need people. Maybe maybe 10 hours a week is not too bad. God's given me 168. And so this next year, the first challenge is to consider how can I invest my time? The second one is this, and that is, how will I invest God's finances, not mine, God's finances that he has entrusted to me? And I wonder for many of us whether it is time as we enter the workforce, as we progress in the workforce, as we, however, uh, get our income, whether it's time to consider not just how we can be more generous, but how can we be more generous so that it shows that we are carrying our cross, that it actually has an impact on our lifestyle. Maybe it's time to consider that because we want to support more gospel work so that more gospel work can happen. I mean, that's a work that's going to last to eternity, into eternity, that God will use the finances he's entrusted to us to make an eternal difference. Maybe it's time to consider how will this next year in my finances that God has entrusted to me, show a reflection that I am on about the Lord who died for me. That's the second one. So what was the first one? How will I invest my time this year? What will be the center? Second one? How will I invest God's finances? And the third one, and that is, we've heard this all week. Who will I invest my life in? We're on about people. Who will I invest my life in? Shall I use this year to be intentional? I've got this non-Christian friend. Maybe I'll be intentional. Invest in meeting with them. Hopefully sharing the gospel, reading the Bible with them. Hopefully bring along other friends so that we can evangelize and share the gospel of Christ. Shall I disciple someone this year? Mentor someone this year? That they might too grow in knowledge and in love of Christ. Or shall I like... Erica and Dawn meet together for mutual encouragement, like iron sharpening iron with the Bible open and hearts open in prayer. I mean, just imagine if every one of us was in, involved in a relationship like that. 
one-to-one -one discipleship with someone, older, younger, the same age, with someone. If the whole church was doing that, well, what difference would that make to our church family? What will it look like this year in whom I, who I invest in if I'm on about the Lord who went to the cross for me? So the three things again, the three new challenges, what was the first? Time. How will I invest my time? I mean, if I commit to something, I commit. I'm not flipping about the stuff of God. The second one? Yeah. How will I invest the finances that God has entrusted to me? And the third one? Yes. Who will I invest in? Who will I invest in? Now, just imagine 500 years' time. None of us will be alive here on earth. A thousand years' time. When we who belong to Christ are already in glory. And we look back on 2017, 2018, and we see that we have not spent and exhausted our life on me, but have exhausted and expended our life for the Lord, for the Lord who went to the cross for me. How wonderful would that be? That's something to remember when we're in heaven in a thousand years' time. Now, C.T. Studd, a famous British cricketer, uh, from the 19th century, he was a missionary as well, missionary to China and India and Africa. He had so much going for him, he did really well. But he wrote this poem that reflected that his heart was just like the apostle's heart. His life was just like the apostle's life. He, he said this, Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And when I am dying, how happy I'll be if the lamp of my life has been burned out for thee. Don't you want those words to be your words too? I pray that it will be ours. And so this next year, let's not waste it on me, on us, but expend it for the Lord who died for us. Can I pray for us? Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, I pray for all of us, these precious brothers and sisters in Christ, that you might by your Spirit work in all our hearts, that our conviction would be just like the apostles, that we might pour out our lives like a drink offering, that we might not waste our lives on fleeting things, but that we would expend our lives for our Lord and Saviour who went to the cross for us. Help us to see and to believe that only what's done for Christ will last. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, the head of our church. And the church said, Amen. 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 I'm going to hand over to Joe who will say a few things.